Welcome to Signal Fire Radio. Our guest today is Nick Jones, currently serving Marine Raider, who is going to be getting out of the military soon, not by his own choice. What we're going to discuss today is what to do when that decision is not yours. Don't go anywhere. we got a great show lined up for you here on Signal Fire. <laughs> Welcome back to Signal Fire Radio, ladies and gentlemen. I'm your host, Rob Renz, Marine Corps veteran, entrepreneur, small business owner. I'm joined by my two best buds in the whole entire world, with the exception of my family. If this is your first time joining us on Signal Fire, we want to welcome you. This is a show about ambitious leadership for ambitious leaders, where each and every day we step out to conquer and demolish the villain of self-doubt. By having very encouraging conversations designed to feed the mind, strengthen the body, enrich your spirit, and grow your tribe. Matthew, beautiful, beautiful hand gesture just then. That was a new one, quite in line with your M83, which our regular listeners are very, very accustomed to. Yeah. What was the... The, Grow your tribe. I was just I was expanding my arms like I'm... Yeah. Like Atlas. It It had a stretch Armstrong... Sort of. Do you remember that Ooh. action figure, Stretch Armstrong? Hashtag Ev, 80s. do you have any idea? I had idea? a Stretch Armstrong. No, you didn't. Yes, well, I did. then it was a retro one because you weren't even born. <laughs> I did. I, I got it. I got it from Goodwill. You got a Goodwill Stretch I got Armstrong. A Goodwill Stretch Armstrong. Uh, right, you right. You right. You okay. Right. What is that material that goes into the Stretch Armstrong? It's not sand. It's for sure not safe for human consumption. No, would or not probably even play. That's why they don't make them anymore. <laughs> would not recommend eating it. I, I did bite through mine, so that. I got some of it. That's probably what's wrong with, <laughs> with me. Hey, and can we can we bring the sexy pit bull sitting across from us? Hundred percent like, into the hundred percent. I was gonna get there. I'm getting I'm, nervous. I'm the host. Let me be the host. You be the co-host. I haven't even had a He's chance to introduce you, you yet. Heavy is the head. Matt. 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 Heavy Nevin. is the head. Where's the crown? Yeah. <laughs> oh, that scene from The Departed when oh god that Departed top four Scorsese movies. We'll get there. Okay, I'll introduce the guest. Okay. Our okay. guest today. Okay, okay, okay. Our guest today is Nick. Nick, dude, welcome. Thank you. First Thank you pod- for having me. First podcast ever. A little bit nervous. Super nervous. Yeah? yeah? Why? I don't like hearing my voice yeah. on the other side of the mic, so that's probably one of them. It's and weird. And now I can hear it through my mic. and. We can turn your headphones off if that'll make you feel better. No, it's all right. I'm yeah? going to have to hear it one day. Yeah. <laughs> dude, I'll tell you, the number one... We talk to our clients, our Signal Fire clients all the time that we do video and podcasts for. That's like the biggest complaint. They're like, I hate the sound of my voice. I don't like how I look. I think I look stupid. <laughs> and you know what? You do. Yeah. You sound dumb and you look stupid. <laughs> but if we try to say something good, you know, maybe maybe some value will come out of it. Yeah, maybe. Hopefully. Yeah. Fingers crossed. So, uh, dude, thanks for being here. Now, you, you've been in my circle, I think, for like two or three months now. And I've been honored to know you. And truly, every time I'm around you, I'm like, God, I freaking love that kid. And every time his name comes up, Evan, do I or do I not say Nick? 
Yeah. Nick is going to be like, we got to keep an eye on Nick Jones because whatever he does, well, and we, and that's, we'll and talk. That's like the consensus of, of every, I name drop him like frequently. Like yeah. I talked, I talked to a guy on the way here. Uh, his name was Zach Pyle and he was a guy who had, who had served in second. Um, and he was like, he was like, dude, you know, Nick, that's awesome. And you know, you got a little legend building around guys, your name other already. Guys that I've, other guys that I've talked to, that's, that's just like, yeah, we're, we're like, honored to have known the guy let alone serve with him you know? yeah so i feel fortunate to be you know to call myself his friend and and for a, i wish that we could have served together but you know we're in the honor foundation together so that's cool too yeah so all that being said evan wants you to know that you're definitely not going to get the cup of coffee champion thing oh for yeah. the honor foundation as I it stands were you close I'm in, I'm in, so so results are in it doesn't end until the ninth right uh, you've got I, seven more days of I'm, coffee, but I'm at 64. Oh man, how many you have can't you done? count these? No, no way. these don't count. He has <laughs> every podcast three. episode. One, two, three. <laughs> and you guys, Dave, I'm at 56 now. Yeah, uh, Nick, Nick was counting his mock interviews, so I know, I know he's cheating and padding his numbers. It's not, it's not fair. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I had known. I wish I had known the like desire for people to win the cup of coffee prize because I would have. I, I would just, have hooked Nick up with oh, so yeah. many more just to see you not win. That's great of you. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're already going to get the paddle. And I don't think so. Valedictorian. I don't think so. Are you, Nick, Was when, when you went into the Honor Foundation, obviously you wanted to get something out of it, otherwise you wouldn't have decided to do it. Did Did you take like the check boxes as serious as Evan to, to get to be like the winner of the most cups of coffee and stuff? No, man, the, what I wanted to do, I guess, was my goal with it was to meet as many people as I could because now with this complete life change, I don't know anything about the outside world right now. All I know is Marines, grunts, ground founders, whatever you want to call them, the special operations community, and nothing else. Yeah. So when they were like, hey, man, go do these cups of coffee, get out of your comfort zone and network, I was like, oh, Okay, I have to talk I to have people. To talk to other people who aren't in the military. This is weird, but and then when we started getting challenged, I was like, okay, like there's competition. This is fun now. So it, what was it actually the was, what was the first one like? It was strange. Okay. Um, it was like I was I had my notebook with all the questions, the golden questions that they had written down. Um, but at the end of the day, it was like if I try to go off of a checklist when I talk to people, it kind of screws things up. Right. So it's like when you're when you're having a genuine conversation, it's way easier to connect. So it was like when when Evan and I had our cup of coffee, we just talked and talked yeah. for I mean a while, and we probably could have talked for even longer. Yeah. But it was it was a, it's good when you get a genuine connection and you don't follow those checklists. And I could tell that that. Um Nick was like he wasn't ready to to make the full leap into it because there was there was one person in particular that oh, I yeah. I was like dying for him to connect with it was Josh McCain who is oh the big sky dude yeah, big big sky. Sky. yeah. yeah. huge yeah. huge friend and teammate of the soft community and of THF and started a foundation um, with you know very much in line with with what Nick has and I was like you gotta connect with this guy and he was like. I don't want to right now, but I will. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, please, please don't say anything yet. I'm scared. Dude, 100% of what you just said is exactly why we don't do much pre preparation for this show. Like, we have an idea of the guest, and we sort of kind of know where we want it to go, like a theme, but there's no prepare. But look at Matt. You think Matt is going to prepare a single question <laughs> for a guest? No, I'm, I'm the procrastinator's procrastinator. 
Sure. Or for the listeners, can we at least explain what the whole cup of coffee competition? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. You're not normally the one to do that. So the Honor Foundation, great friends of the show. We've had Dave on. We've had Lindsay on. Uh, One of the things that they encourage all to do is go meet people. Mm -hmm. Right. And, And through a cup of coffee. Right. Am, am I summarizing that correctly? Yeah. The idea is to exactly what Nick said, you know, meet people, get out of your comfort zone, meet people that that aren't in the military. You know, we talk about that a lot, like your your team room, your community um, becomes how you talk. It becomes how you act. It becomes, you know, we don't we don't speak in acronyms in the outside world. We don't speak in. Well, I mean, you do but Some, it's different. Just acronyms, different. Right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, the way the way that we communicate um, has to be different when we turn the page into our next chapter. So it's very it's it's very important to get out and have conversations with people in different industries and with different backgrounds um, because we're, we're very much the same. As different as we are in the military, we're all very much, you know, cut from the same cloth. So your goal then, Nick, when, when you went through Honor Foundation was to really, to piggyback off what Evan just said, to meet new people. That was your main objective? I didn't really have a goal going into it. The, I, I wouldn't say that. I, I wanted to learn who I was as an individual, as Nick Jones, not as Staff Sergeant Jones or as like a Marine Raider Jones. Like, I had no clue who I was going to be, what I was going to do. Like, I just thought for my whole career, 20 years, I thought it was going to be forever. And um, so I had, no, I had no clue. I didn't know how to set a goal, really. And then when I got there and they explained, hey, like, you're going to have to get out of your comfort zone, I was already super uncomfortable. So <laughs> doing that was like, uh, I mean, man, I was nervous. But as soon as the mic turned on and the people started talking, I realized, okay, like, these are my people. This is what I want to do. I started getting more into it, and I started opening up on the other side of the mic and um, – I think the engagement that I had helped out so much more because if I would have just sat back and um, kind of just went with the flow, I probably wouldn't have learned as much as I did. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, so um, just to reset, like what we're really wanting to talk about here today is um, you didn't get the choice to spend 20 years in the Marines, right? Your 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 retirement is or your separation is forced so that wasn't originally part of the goal or part of the plan right right Right. so you know we we talked a lot about matt's transition and and he didn't think that it was going to be that way for him either like you know he went to ocs he thought he was going to get a guaranteed flight contract he didn't they said okay well he didn't have any interest interest in being an infantry officer or anything along those lines so his circumstances were very much in line with yours, completely different situation. Um, but how did you how did you come to terms with mentally going? Okay, my time here is done by no fault of your own, and now I've got to try and make the very best of it. Like, what was your thought process in in getting through that? Man, <clears throat> there was a lot a lot on my mind, and I wouldn't say it was an easy. Um, I didn't really wake up one day and think like, okay, this is the decision I need to make. Um, this is the exact path I need to go down to, um, fully accept it. 
um, I had sort of acknowledged the fact that I was now like on this path to the medical retirement. Um, but man, like finding that, that point to be like, I have now convinced myself that I'm going to be a civilian. I'm no longer going to be able to serve. Um, it was challenging and there was a lot of sleepless nights for sure. Thinking about it. Like I let this job define me for years. Um, everything I did revolved around my work. All of our travel revolved around our work. So it was just like, how do you take all of this and transfer my skills into being a normal person now? Mm. Um, and then, and then I guess I, I found my calling. So, I mean, I guess I take that back. I did kind of find it overnight. I woke up one morning and, um, I, I felt like I had a passion again. And, uh, that, that, interest kind of drove me down into the path of starting a nonprofit. Um, and it was right around the time that we started the honor foundation. So both of those in conjunction were like really giving me motivation to start developing this thing and to really find out who I was. So, um, I think I started rambling a little bit, but I think that it might be important for me to go down, um, the road of how I got here. Yeah. If you're cool with that. A hundred percent. I'm going to, I want to take a real quick break. Um, yeah. so we're going to break real quick and I couldn't have planned that more perfectly. Cause yeah. that's exactly oh, where yeah. it was all you Rob. Yeah. Well, good planning. I know you guys think that we don't know what we're doing here, but this is called a professional radio tease where you give people something and then you leave them wanting more. I want more. So listen to our advertisers, buy stuff from them, and then when we come back <laughs> on the other side, we'll hear the rest of the story from Nick Jones. Don't go anywhere. We'll we be right you. back on Signal Fire Radio. Welcome back to Signal Fire Radio, ladies and gentlemen. We are joined by an extremely special guest right now, Nick Jones. Nick, as we were heading into the break, um, you had asked if, if we were okay with you telling us your origin story. Please, the microphone is yours, man. How, how did you get to where you are right now? Um, from being a Raider, what, a, a year, 18 months ago? It, yeah. Um, it's almost been 11 months now since uh, the incident happened. Or not 11 months, a year and a month, maybe. So um, I was a Marine Raider for about seven years. I did two deployments with the same team. Um so we have 18-month-long workups, and then we deploy for six months. Um, I worked my way up into the like leadership role as an element leader. So I, I basically lead five dudes um, in a team. Together, as a team, we, we were training. We thought we were going to go on a special mission. Um, and we finally get the mission, and we're going to Iraq. So Iraq 2020, we deploy to Mosul um, whenever we get there. It was pretty slow. There was a lot of weird stuff going on in the in the world at that time. Um, little did we know that the coronavirus was about to attack the whole world. So it was like a really weird time over there as well. Um, our team in March was tasked with a, a large cave clearance operation. ISIS was still very active in that area. Um, so when we got tasked with this mission we basically had to clear this large cave structure um, that was littered throughout this entire mountainside. So 
there was a lot of planning involved. There was a lot of rehearsals involved. We had the mountains up in uh, northern Mosul so we could uh, play around in there and, and try to figure out how to work in caves and stuff. Um, there was quite a bit of activity in these caves already, as we could see from uh, pictures and videos and stuff. And uh, when we had a ground element insert the night before, um, their numbers went from, I want to say, seven enemy fighters all the way up to 19 enemy fighters. And uh, so that kind of made us, uh, gave us a little stomach drop. And we knew, okay, we're going to, there's going to be a gunfight today for sure. We knew that. Um, before we inserted the coalition forces, they dropped a bunch of bombs on these caves. Um, some snipers got to engage. They had a, a good time before we got there. And when we landed, the smoke was actually still clearing from the bombs, which was actually super cool flying in on Hilo's landing. And you see, like, these explosions going off. Only, was, only Raiders yeah. get to do stuff. Yeah, oh, was, was, was Fortunate <laughs> oh. Son playing oh, in the bounce? Yes, it was. Yes. <laughs> I was taking my headphones out as we were landing. Like, <laughs> yeah. Some folks above. Yeah, it was sick. Um, but then as soon as we landed, I look up a mountain. And I'm like, damn, I got to walk up that thing now. So. <laughs> <laughs> that is cool. Yeah. That's what I thought it was going to be. Oh, yeah. Um, so anyways, I I'm going to skip all, all the movement stuff. But when we get up on the top of the mountain, um, it, it, was a, it was very, very steep, rugged terrain. Um, it was already hot, and it was March 8th, uh, which was odd. Maybe it was just because we were moving so quickly. We had a lot of weight on. Um, at this point, we had cleared a good portion of the cave uh, complex. I'm staring, literally staring the f like in the face of a dead ISIS dude about to do some searching in this cave when I hear hell break loose behind me. Um, it sounded like it hell just opened up. Um, you start hearing these calls over the radio. A casualty call comes over, and at first it was a Falcon, which means it was a partner force guy. Um, so I wasn't that alerted yet until you hear that there was an eagle hurt. Mm -hmm. And as soon as that call comes over, your stomach drops. You're like, oh, no, like waiting for the names to come in. Well, I didn't even wait for that. I told my partner for, hey, you guys continue searching this, hold our security. And I just ran, um, ran in the other direction because I knew I knew that area. I was doing the map study for so long. I knew pretty much where they were. As soon as I crossed his finger, I could see the chaos. I could hear it like it was insane. There were smoke, explosions, gunfire going all over the place. Automatic machine guns just ripping through that thing. So I run up. I see a group of French guys, and I hear a bunch of gunfire. I throw my ruck off, and I blindly jumped in a ravine. Um, I heard gunfire in there. I went in, and I tried to help these dudes. There was a French guy and another body sitting on top of these rocks, um, this is where it's going to get kind of dark ish. Um, so I start crawling up. I didn't know where the casualties were. Um, I didn't know who were the casualties. I saw a body. So I started moving towards it. As soon as my head crested over these rocks like this, just like this much, you could see my nods, I guess. Um, I looked dead into the center of that cave. And then next thing you know, automatic machine gun ripped up on me, pinned me and the French guy down again. And, uh, man, it was like time slowed down so much. It, uh, it was, it was wild gunning with one hand, trying to get over these rocks and like staying as close as you can to the, to the ground. 
Um, smoke is just everywhere because the, I mean, it was probably tighter than this room right now. It was very tight and my Peltors popped off my ears. So it was super loud. You couldn't, it was insane. But, um, the guy was yelling at this body in French and he was telling him to roll. By the time the, the dude heard it, he threw up his legs and I ran up there and grabbed him and yanked him down the rocks, threw him down to the French guy. And then we, we continued to shoot until somebody finally popped a smoke and we got out of there. So that didn't answer our question though, where the where the eagles were. We were, we kept looking for them. So the guy that we just pulled out was a French special operator, um, and he was alive. Thankfully, he was just shot through the left leg, um, and then shot in the top of the head, magically somehow. Um, he survived it. It went through his helmet. It just gave him a nice little haircut. Um, Probably a sweet scar. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. and a story to tell yeah. forever. Yeah, dude. I'd love to keep that helmet. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I, long story short on this part too, I basically ran up and I got onto the roof of the cave. Um, and I'm talking to these guys on the top of the mountain that could see inside of there. And as I'm slowly crawling up there, um, I, I can see the bodies now. Um, and they're right there, right in front of the cave. There's two of them, uh, one was right in front. One was kind of just off to the side at a 45. Um, yeah, it was a pretty uh, traumatizing sight, especially because, like, you look at that cave area, you look at the ravine that they're in, you look at the environment that you're in already, and you're. that was the first time in my career when I was like, I don't know what to do. Hmm. Anything I do right now, I'm going to get somebody killed or I'm going to get myself killed. Like, it was an impossible situation. So I thought, I'm just going to reach down in here and throw some grenades in here and kill these dudes and then go get my guys. Well, every time I reached my little arm down there, I, we'd start getting shot at from everywhere. It seemed like they were all, littered all over in these mountains. It was wild. So I would pull back, and then we'd re recock, do it again. Had some helicopters strike it. Didn't work. Um, and then on my last attempt, I go up there um, – I'm shooting into a cave across the way. We throw another grenade. And then as soon as like the chaos was at its peak, I got shot in the right leg. Um, it felt like I got hit by a baseball bat right in my shin. And it was, I, I've heard the stories of people getting shot in combat and they're like, Oh, I didn't even know I got shot until I got back to the camp. I was you're like, a you're, you're a liar. <laughs> that, that hurts so bad. Um, so I couldn't put weight on my right leg, and I went back to my SARC, my medic, our special am amphibious, amphibious reconnaissance corpsman. Oh, yeah. Matt, yeah. new one. There we go. Nice. Yeah. Um, and I was like, hey, dude, uh, I think I just got shot. And he's like, what do you mean you think? <laughs> so he looks at it. Excuse my language. That's I'm okay. Sorry. Don't worry about it. We'll bleep <laughs> it Dang if it, we have I to. Just tried to. I just tried all night. <laughs> um, but uh, so... Once we evaluated it, it was too bad. We Nobody else could get back in there. It was still daytime, by the way. I didn't mention that part. It was All of this was during the day. I, I was picturing like pitch black yeah. this whole time. No, we landed. So we waited until the sun rose oh, to take geez. off. Yeah, in, it was because our partner force wasn't comfortable moving at the night. Sure. French. Um, no. <laughs> <laughs> the Iraqis. The native. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. That makes um, just as much sense. <laughs> so um, when we find out that 
the commander basically told us, hey, there's somebody else coming in to get these guys. Um, we need to pull back. We made the decision to pull back to the next finger. And at that point, like my leg was hurting way too bad. Um, they needed to call in a medevac for me. So medevac comes down and they had to hoist us off. They had to hoist me off of the, the side of the mountain because it was so steep. They couldn't land anywhere around there. So I get hoisted off the mountain. And as soon as I get into the, the bird, um, they hit me with ketamine for my pain. And I had a super negative reaction and mm. I started tripping. I yep. started hallucinating and I was right back down in the ravine. Ugh. And it was like they were alive. I could hear them, but they were still laying there. And I was strapped in trying to touch my peltors, like, or my push to talk, trying to talk to them. I could hear them like yelling to me, but I couldn't say anything. It was the weirdest thing ever. And then I wake up in the hospital room next to the French guy that got wounded. Um, so it's about four in the morning out there in Iraq. And we finally, um, hear that our guys have been recovered and it was cool because the French guy and I, we, we were awake enough and we were mobile enough to roll out there and watch our guys get, uh, get brought in. Mm. Um, so this was March 8th of 2020. I get home April 1st of 2020, um, and this was because of COVID, all the restrictions started hitting the Middle East. They started hitting America. So Germany's, um, Germany's hospital was closed. We weren't allowed to fly in to go to that hospital. So they were just like, let's just route him straight to the States so he doesn't get stuck there. To come to the States, um, I don't get surgery for a few weeks. And now I'm alone. I have no team. I have my wife which was amazing. My wife and dogs took care of me every single day. Like they went everywhere with us. When we went up to Walter Reed to get the surgeries, when we were having our dark days, we would all just hang out there together, you know? But it was like at that point when I got home and I realized I was alone, like I was in a very dark place. It went from a hundred to zero, like immediately. But I had a special operator mind. I was going to get right back into it. I was just going to go back and I was going to crush it. I was like, Hannah, that's my wife. Like they're going to do this surgery. I'm going to get better. And I'm going to go out with the boys again. Um, completely thinking that I was going to be fine. And as soon as we get done with the surgery and I, it's about a month later and I still can't walk. I'm like, mm, I don't think I'm going to deploy again on this rotation. And then more complications start to arise. I start to get more, symptoms that come up so I need more surgeries and I need more treatments and I need more medicine and all this stuff and it starts like really impacting my mental state my physical state everything and uh I mean I was on a cane for eight months um and I was like man I'm 29 years old I shouldn't be riding a damn electrical scooter around with my wife here and using a cane like I couldn't even carry the groceries in I would just sit there and watch her it was terrible um so now finally with a spinal cord stimulator installed and um, a bunch of nerve surgery done to me and my right leg, um, I, uh, I had a lot of um, I had a lot of hard times. And then as soon as we came to the conclusion that I am going to have to retire, um, I was crushed. Like, 
I kind of mentioned before, man, I wanted to do 20 years. I had aspirations to go to the top. I had, I had so many goals set. Um, and then as soon as I felt like they were just cut from my life, like I, I, I had a huge void. I had a nine year void. Cause I was like, we bought our 10 year house, um, in Hampstead. Like we were ready to raise a family after this deployment, go to the schoolhouse, do all this stuff. And then I was like, it's over. Like, that's my military career. That was it. Um, so it was, man, it's almost still hard to accept the fact that I'm transitioning out mm-hmm. because it was just like, I mean, it was such a good time with the boys, you know, it was deploying. Like, I know that it's really hard on the families, but it it makes you feel amazing to be around that community all the time, you know? Um, so was uh it was a hard wake-up call for sure but i mean as a any person in the military with the drive that we have and the dedication and commitment that we have to really any path that's put in front of us like it was definitely hard and don't get me wrong it's still sometimes i question this but because of that because of everything that we're taught it was almost like just a speed bump you know it's like sure, I might not have passed this time. I might not have like made it to this goal, but like, why can't I just set a new one or go to a different path and then still achieve the same outcome? But now I look at it this way and it's like, okay, I might not have done the next nine years in the military, but now I get to start my family early. Now I get to be there for my family and help raise my kids and be there for my wife. Um, instead of, being in harm's way still um so that was the positive side of that now was it that easy to say no not or do i mean excuse me you did it again that's okay (laughs) (laughs) we're gonna we're gonna gonna warm up the beat button on this (laughs) yeah Yeah. (laughs) hey somebody else talk now i'm starting to get dry mouth no (laughs) (laughs) so um i don't i don't even really know that I have anything to say. Um, nothing could really follow that and capture it and do it any kind of justice. I guess the question that, that I would want to ask you is like, how do you feel now? I feel ready to conquer the new challenge. Um, I am extremely overwhelmed. I will admit that. Um, I have been overwhelmed for the past two months and it's super hard to organize and get my thoughts together and the right actions together. And I've already realized that I've already failed a couple of things. Like with this nonprofit that we're starting, like I've accidentally submitted the wrong documents because I don't know what I'm doing. Like I'm trying to do all this, um, the right way. And, and <laughs> I don't have the S shops anymore. I don't have the support guys anymore to be like, Hey, hey please do care. this paperwork. Yeah, for yeah. me. I have this admin document. I need you to submit this for me. It's like, no, I got to figure this stuff out by myself. Yeah. And I'm over here, like asking my wife a million questions. Cause she's an entrepreneur as well. And she's got her own business for the last eight years, seven years, eight years. And, uh, she's very successful with it. So I'm like, Hey, give me some tips over here. Yeah. And I mean, it's it's hard and I now I see the other side of it and I'm like being an entrepreneur this is uh 
it's a hard lifestyle, but it's fun because it's like you get to set all these new challenges and then you get it to watch this thing grow and you are the one that's in control. Mm. Like if you're passionate towards something, it is, it's actually a good time, you know, like you can have fun without being stressed out all the time and yelling at people. Dude, I, <laughs> I fail, I fail in our businesses every single day. Every single day. I like, sat with him at, at State Farm for a few hours, and you'd be surprised at how many like forms he doesn't sign right. I know. Or yeah. forgets to email. He's like, oh, I should have emailed this like an hour ago. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, the story, you want to talk about being overwhelmed. I'm not taking away from you. I just no, want no. to empathize with you a little bit for a second. I had to do my continuing education. Every two years, I have to do 24 hours of continuing education. I put it off, and I tried to put 24 hours of CE into... A day, one day, like a working day, eight hours. I fail. I failed. Well, first of all, you the, fail the math because you can't fit twenty four hours of continuing. I know exactly, exactly. <laughs> well, okay, I flubbed. I flubbed it a little bit because I clicked fast, <laughs> but I kept failing the certification exams, and I was so mad. I was ready to boomerang my computer through the window, and my wife is like, "Can you just, can you just chill for like a second? So I got up. I walked around and I and I the the only reason I'm sharing this is because what you said was just so profound to me um, is that you're never going to get it all right. You know, like I I I submitted LLC paperwork wrong and and I paid hundreds of more dollars for something that was so stupid if I just slowed down and taken another second and and given it another look that it would have been right. But the point is this, is I kind of like every time that I do that. I'm like, oh, there was a lot of value in that lesson that I just learned right. that was stupid. I did it the wrong way. But tomorrow, I'm going to wake up and I'm going to try again. I'm going to do it a little bit better. Exactly. You've already learned the hardest lesson of it. Yeah. It's and if there's not a lawyer in our network of thousands of people that listen to the show that reach out to you and say, hey, I'm willing to do all of this for you pro bono, shame on all of you. We don't like yeah. you anymore. Yeah, we don't yeah. like you anymore. We're unfriending you. We're going to block you. Yeah. yeah. Um, we're going to take a real quick break. When we come back, we want to hear about what's next for you because you've got some awesome stuff working that you alluded to. So don't go anywhere. We're going to be right back with Nick Jones on Signify Radio. Welcome back to Signal Fire Radio, ladies and gentlemen. We have an extremely great conversation going with a very, very um, just great guest today, Nick Jones. Um, Nick, when we were coming into the break, or as we were on the break, you kind of talked about what the turning point was for you. Actually, if we're going to be honest, your wife reminded you of what the turning <laughs> as, point as was. They tend to. As yeah. they tend to do. And you know what? She did it in such a classy way, too. It wasn't like, hey, you should talk about this. <laughs> it was like, you know, my wife does the same thing. Um, she leads me to where I'm supposed to go without me even knowing that I'm supposed to be there. Oh, yeah. So um, women will forever be smarter and <laughs> we'll know what it is we're trying to say without even trying to say it. So don't. thank don't you. Don't to that. say that out yeah. loud. No, man. Yeah, I know. It, like we're giving away the, the secrets <laughs> of the right. universe right now. Great. Their power over us. Their, their power over us will always remain in place because we're never smart enough to do it on our own. But so, we also know why the other reason is that their power will always. This is, this is a children's show, Matthew. Can is I, it? Is it <laughs> Absolutely not. Did you listen to the last segment? Like my girls would be like very, yeah, very upset well, we by all to, that. We, we might need to preface that. Segment. 
This next segment contains shocking images and disturbing blah, 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 blah. Oh, blah. we haven't had the yeah, chance yeah, to yeah. do that. We should absolutely, yeah. We'll consider it. Trigger warning. Consider it. Trigger warning. <laughs> this is not a safe space. Um, so, Nick, you had, a, you had a turning point. Tell, tell our listeners, like, what that moment was for you. So, when I was recovering up at Walter Reed, there was somebody that reached out to me and uh, invited me out to this shoot in Texas called the Great American Shoot. Um, it was through the Special Forces Charitable Trust. Um, they sent me an email and they said that, hey, um, we have this event going on. We'd really like you to come out. And I, I prefaced it with, hey, I, I can't really walk right now, so I don't know if I'm going to be able to do that. And he said, we'll figure it out. We'll make it work. Like, we want you to come out. Um, so they ended up having, because of COVID, they had to roll their timeline as well. And they still sent the email and they said, you're still invited. And at this point, like, man, I was, it got to the point where the first spinal cord stimulator that I had installed had, was just installed and we were just now going out there and, oh no, I didn't have it installed yet. I was just in a lot of pain, um, from my last procedure. And I could, I, I mean, it hurt real bad to walk. I was still using a cane. It was like, I couldn't walk without my um, compression sock on cause my foot would get so fat. Um, but anyways, so we finally get out there to Texas for, um, the special forces charitable trust. And we stay with our friend, Alex, um, who Alex, by the way, has a war dog who is extremely badass. His name is Bass. Um, he won the medal of bravery, Obby. which is a super, um, it's a big deal for service animals. Um, and he actually just got nominated for the Dickin medal, which is a European kind of like a Victorian cross pretty much wow. nice. for service animals. What a like, sick name for a yeah. dog too. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, sorry, get, got sidetracked. Oh, we can we talk should. about dogs all day. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> got pet that dog. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, so that was a mad shout out to Alex right there. But anyways, um, so when we get there, we stayed with Alex and I was actually just, hanging out with him and I decided to call the guy who invited us out there and I was like hey I don't know where to check in at um and he's like oh good thing you called because um we were gonna actually have you be a guest speaker and I was like what um I'm totally not ready for that <laughs> I don't even know what to expect uh and but he was like it'll be super super chill five to seven minutes uh talk about the experience when you got hurt and i was like oh that's gonna be super hard five yeah. to seven <laughs> minutes still have never talked about this thing yeah. yet it's gonna be weird and it was very fresh so um but i accepted the challenge and alex had done a lot of public speaking so i was like hey man like how do i get ready for this um and i decided to just wing it so um I kept, I was, I was freaking out. I was mm. watching all sorts of like speeches, trying to figure it out. And I was like, well, I'm not going to write anything down. I'm going to choke and I'm going to probably throw up or something. <laughs> I was, I was nervous, man. Um, so we get to this, this event. The first event was held at the Alamo and it was just amazing. There was amazing public speakers. There was so many amazing Americans there, like that truly supported the troops. And it was, it was breathtaking, like to see the, the donors that were there to see the like the true enthusiasm that people had towards the military it was um, it was awesome so that night went um and the dinner was great everything was great we went to the uh sporting clays competition the next day um got to meet a, a lot of cool people and then the prizes event happened and 
Um, I think that we were this, and this is the opportunity when I had to do my public speaking. Mm. Well, I was you're getting I was, nervous about to talk about public speaking. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, it's like a dream. It's inception. It is it's in a dream. <laughs> my mouth is getting really dry. <laughs> um, so. I think at this point I had started to talk to people about like, Hey, like I have dealt with a lot of mental struggles during this recovery. Um, I think it would be cool if I, if there was a way that I could share my story and help people along the way with it, because I feel like I'm, I haven't figured it out, but I'm definitely super open-minded to all, all different like treatments and stuff because man, it, it was hard. I mean, I've done like art therapy and music therapy and stuff like that. Things that I never thought that I would get into, like dabble with before was amazing. Um, so I get up there and I, I give my public, my, my speech and I told pretty much the same story that I just told, but it was a little bit, um, I don't know. It was kind of the, the cane helped out, you know, it was, it was a little weird. Um, so it was making me choke up and stuff. And then at the end I kind of turned it and I was like, Hey, like I really want this story and this opportunity to be able to, to open up to veterans across the world, you know, and like, and show them like this mental health stigma. It's like, it's kind of frustrating because there's people that really do need this help. And if, if you don't say anything about it, like you're not, you're not ever going to get the help that you need, you know? Mm -hmm. So like a big part of it is on us. And so then that I broke out of my shell there and I was like, I was struggling. I cried. I literally cried for help. And I was like, somebody please help me. And it started to happen and I started to take it seriously. And, and then when I got home from that trip, I was in shock. I was like, there's so many Americans out there. There's so many people that care that we just don't, know about like we're not not everybody has afforded that opportunity to, to actually see behind the curtain like there's so many organizations out there there's so many people out there that actually truly care about us and it was so eye-opening it was so like like the compassion I felt towards it was was amazing so I was like I want to do this I want to help veterans I want to help special operators with their moral mental and physical injuries not necessarily sustained from combat because mm. in 2017, July 10th, we had a C-130 crash and mm -hmm. I lost seven friends that day. Uh, 16 total people died, mm -hmm. but seven of them were directly from hotel company. Again, that also happened in 2015. So it was just like, there were so many people impacted throughout that entire time, those mm -hmm. last two years and some dudes hadn't even seen combat yet. And they're already like seven funerals in. It's like, how do you do that? How do you, how do you deal with that mentally and still do the job that we do? Well, you don't, you just stuff it. You just keep stuffing it down. That's what we were good at is just stuffing it all away. So when I started opening up to my friends, I was like, Hey man, like I was serious about this. I wanted to get my mental clarity back. Like if I were to go back into this job, I want to make sure that I'm, I'm clear headed. Like I want to make sure that like all of this weight is not going to crush me at any moment. But the way to do that for me was to actually ask somebody for help. And by doing that, like it opened my mind to 
we as a community can help each other, I would say more than, I mean, I, I don't want to be like, I don't want to say like professional help doesn't matter, but I want to say that there is a huge healing component to being with the, the dudes mm-hmm. or, you know, the community. Um, so I started developing this nonprofit and, um, it's it's going to be based out of Montana, and actually J- Josh McCain was a huge help. Big Sky Bravery, like their model is amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I pitched this to him, he was like, "This is amazing! Like, I'm I'm happy for you." He said, "Like we had a great conversation," and it just gave me so much more motivation because it's like you know there there is so much soft out there that like needs this help. They need. They need to decompress. They need to get this off of their shoulders, you know, and then be afforded these other opportunities and these other methods. Like we're going to do a lot of holistic mindfulness type methods to breathing, to meditation, to yoga and all that stuff. And and like show them, give them resources and tools. Um, And it's going to be all in the beautiful mountains of Montana. So and eventually, who knows, we'll probably branch out and do hunts every now and then in different places. And we'll have like a lot of um, cool opportunities, we'll say. So, um, you are, you are so wildly spot on to something. Um, and, and it's that, yes, there are professionals that do this for a living, you know, help people like you, people like us, even though nothing that I went through my ears in the Marine Corps even pales in comparison. Um, but I was, and I can, I can prove it to you like what, 10 days ago, Ev, Matt, like, I reached out to you guys, and I was like, I'm struggling. Like, I'm, I'm mentally, I'm not there. I'm stressed. I'm angry. Like, things aren't going the way I want it to go right now. And Matt was on, Matt FaceTimed me within, like, 30 minutes, and Evan nice. was asking me some deeply penetrative yeah, questions via our, text. That's typically our routine. Like, yeah. if, if, if we know that the texts don't feel like they should, or if, if one of us directly yeah. asks for help, like, Someone's on FaceTime sooner than later. Yeah. 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 Well, in uh, in I think that's just like a whole reason that we started doing this too. This show was to like talk to people like you, but I know I've benefited from it probably more than the people who listen to the show and just being able to like have tribe again and yeah. Yeah. and well, community. And that's, that's something that that's super powerful about what Nick is doing with his nonprofit is that he's bringing teams back together right right? and they're doing the things that may be weird to a guy who's by himself trying to figure out how to help right like a guy or a gal who's seen painful things and they're trying to confront it their first thought isn't going to be art therapy or music therapy (laughs) or yoga or meditation right yeah but if they're with a group of people that they can trust and they've built that then, then it's like, oh, Nick's doing yoga. I can do yoga. You that know? was the, that was the point. That was the point I was going to make. Was that um, was that um, what I was kvetching about? You were like, dude, just do seven deep meditative breaths. Yeah. And he said it in such a way, and yeah. I did it, and I was like, oh, I feel much better. Get those now. seven breaths. I feel so much better now. All right, yeah. we're running up against uh, the clock here, Nick. Um, with all the great things that you have going on, I'm sure you're going to be like taking on donors, taking on partners. If somebody wants to get in touch with you, what's the best way to do it? So right now we have a up and coming website. It's 
So first, let me preface this. Our name of the nonprofit is Talon's Reach Foundation. And that's how you know Nick is unselfish, because that's literally the first time he's said that the whole time. I know. I would have said my website 18 <laughs> times by now. First time he's even said the name of his so, uh, <laughs> Hey, you got Like you said, Rob, you got to hey. keep him like, yeah, one, yeah, wait, like what's the See, name? Nick look gets it, it, Evan. <laughs> Nick gets it. <laughs> the suspense. <laughs> um, no, so Talents Reach Foundation, we are developing the website right now. Um, so there's like a a mailing email list that you can join right now. Um, and then we do have our donate link on there right now. It's don't it's, um, it goes to PayPal. Um, we're still developing, so don't judge me yet. Um, July 10th of 2021 is our official launch date. So that's when we'll have our Instagram, Facebook and website fully complete. Um, and then we'll fully be out there to the public and say like, Hey, um, this is what we're doing. Hopefully we'll have uh, some like media content by then as well. Yeah. Um, what? Uh Oh, the wife is telling you, you have to say something again. Why is it the Oh, yeah. story behind the name. Yeah. So <laughs> do it. I mean, we don't, we don't have too much more time, but it's another deep story. Um, I, to, I tell you, to, actually, yeah. actually, hold on. Let's cliffhang because you're not, you're gonna, you're gonna launch it for real in May. Of July. next year, or July, July, you 20, said, July, you said. Yeah, July 10th. July 10th year. of 2021. 20, so let's have Nick. Let's have back. Nick back. Let's yeah. have Nick back. We're going to save that story. But in, in the meantime, um, you have my full financial, emotional, whatever support you need from me. Um, I hope that other people that are Thank listening you. to this will get on board uh, too as well and get in touch with you. Starting a nonprofit's not easy. Um, and it takes a lot of money and it takes a lot of time and a lot of passion and a lot of energy. And so, um, if there's anything from anyone that's listening to this episode that you can take away from is that we need help doing that. Um, we have full support systems in place if we only ask, um, or sometimes we have to take initiative and say, Hey Nick, I want to get behind you and i want to support you so you've got our full support anything we can do to help you uh we're totally committed to it dude so thanks for coming on man i know that's not easy to do what you just did and we really appreciate it matthew any final words buddy uh god bless the nick joneses of the world (sighs) we're gonna get such a (laughs) good hug after this episode i can't even matt is so waiting to hug some people heavy uh i'm i'm again like honored to know nick um and like we've talked about many times i've Never met a radar I didn't like. No. So. <laughs> Nick's no exception. No. We said it in the beginning. Oh, yeah. We said it in the very beginning. Nick Nick is just, he's hey, just going places. Can, can we celebrate that Evan's heart is gonna be back as one oh, yes. in just hours. hours? He's leaving he's leaving to go pick up his wife. She was on oh. deployment. Yeah, 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 yeah. Something like that. Yeah. We got a lot to edit out of this episode. <laughs> we'll figure it out. Hey, that's going to do it for us here on Signal Fire Radio. Until next time, please take the initiative. Go feed your mind, strengthen your body, enrich your spirit, and grow your tribe. And go be a Signal Fire in your community. We'll talk to you next week.